Welcome to the Fish and Coach Show. My name is Brandon Fisher. This is Coach Ratner. And today, we're going to hear a little bit about my story. Yes, I've always wondered, you know, I, I met you, you know, not too long ago, and I don't know how you got here. I don't know, like, how you got to the position where you were at, coming to Jerusalem, learning, learning Torah, being engaged Jewishly. Where did it all start from? So, let's start by saying what I'm doing right now. Okay. I've committed... Um, I've already been here for a year, here yeah. in Asia Torah. Again, we're filming from one uh, Western Wall Plaza. Yes. So behind the camera, you can't see it, is the Western Wall. It's the best studio, the best classroom in the world. Best view in the world, yes. Best view in the world. Center sure. of the world. It is. Yeah. It really is. As yeah. uh, Jamie Geller said, the center of the universe. Yes. So my journey actually begins in one moment. There's one moment that changed the entire trajectory of my life. See, that's unusual because for me, it was a number of different things that had to happen for me to think, huh, I really never thought that way before until someone started explaining to me how you, how you view the world is based basically on how you're raised and the community you're in. Right. But that might not always be the truth. It's fascinating. Yeah. You realize <laughs> that the way you grew up was just only part of the story. Yeah. So my story is I grew up as a conservative Jew. Yeah. Uh, we went to shul every single week. We had Shabbat dinner every single week. And then after shul, we would go to lunch at Panera. Yeah. We went to B'nai Israel, yeah. which you might know. And um, we would go to Panera after the service and then play golf in the afternoon. Yeah. And I was like... How much better of a day of relaxation oh, can you you're, get? Your family's a member of Woodmont, aren't right, you? we went to Woodmont. By the way, Woodmont's like a really beautiful country club in Rockville, Maryland. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a great, yeah. great way to spend shopping. It's like a lot of, uh, uh, they call it Jewish country clubs in a lot of cities. When Jews weren't allowed to go into certain clubs, they opened up the Jewish club. Yeah, so yeah. that Which was Woodmont. Which was Jews good. That was Woodmont. Right. right. So ever since, I don't know, I was like in sixth grade, we've been members over there. Yeah. Played golf. Quite frequently. That yeah. was my main activity. Um, and it was my Shabbat activity. Yeah. You do the Jewish thing in the morning, take the kippah off, and you go play golf. Right. It's easy. It's a great day. Yeah. Do the show with my mom the, and the golf with my dad. Yeah. You grow up like that. And anytime I would ask my mom, I went to Jewish day school, but anytime I would ask why we do something, the question, the answer would be, oh, because it says so. Yeah. And that's not always okay. a good reason. It's a terrible reason. <laughs> okay. And I believe in God. I didn't question it. So it actually was enough for me. But how sustainable would, would that have been for the next generation? It right. wouldn't have been. Right. So what happened was I got to college, and immediately I took, um, at orientation, I met this great non-Jewish girl, and we started dating the first week of school. Uh-huh. And, this was, um, where, which school was this? This was at University of Central Florida okay. in Orlando. I yeah. studied hospitality and tourism, yeah. the Rosen College of Hospitality. So she had an anti-Semitic dad and couldn't wow. tell him that she was dating someone Jewish. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. Oh, it's a good story. Right? Can you imagine? I dated her for six months, uh-huh. and I didn't do anything Jewish during that time. Maybe a little bit here and there. I'm like, okay, yeah, that was good for growing up. Did you up. Ever meet her dad? I never met her dad. She wouldn't. She wouldn't introduce me. To and where dad. was she from? Tampa. Okay, so not too far. Not too far. Yeah. Like really an hour drive. Yeah. But I never met her dad. Yeah. From Land Lakes, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird. So so. We, we dated, but then I, you know, I got tired of her. I knew that there was no future because she wasn't Jewish. I knew I had to marry Jewish. That mattered always to me. But then as soon as we broke up second semester, um, one of my friends, I had one friend who went to the Jewish day school with me, and he invited me to go to the Chabad for Shabbat dinner. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I have time. Let's go. Yeah. It was amazing. I, ha- I made some of the closest friends that I still have today from that. Chabad knows what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Yeah. It changed my whole perspective. And it was just like, you know, I started going every week because it was a social thing to do. Yeah, it was but fun. It was fun. Yeah. 
And so, okay. Plus, they had alcohol, too. Didn't they have alcohol? Uh, they did a little bit, but right. I don't think for it, was me, focused. it didn't matter. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I had my first drink of alcohol when I was in college, yeah. so it wasn't like a big part Why of Why not? You don't drink much now. Yeah, not yeah. really. There was a little, you know, a little yeah. thing there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Experimentation Colorado, for a few bit. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but in, in college, you know, it was just, just yeah. hanging out. Right. My social life was going to Universal Studios right. every week. Okay. Every single week. Really? Yeah, every week we you, went to Universal did, Studios. Did a year pass? I had a year pass. Uh-huh. We would go to the, the concerts every... Uh, that was my Shabbat activity. Right. We'd go to the Shabbat Friday night, then go to Universal Studios Saturday, and there would be concerts. And oh, that's amazing. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty cool. My school was 30 minutes away. My campus was 15, 10 minutes away from Universal. Okay. We were right next to SeaWorld. We also had SeaWorld passes and senior year we had Disney passes. Oh gosh, was like, what a life! <laughs> what a life! It didn't. It didn't You're very it blessed. Too bad. I've been yeah. very lucky. Yeah. yeah, I've been so lucky on my yeah. journey. <laughs> Thank God, really. Yeah. So then, okay, so Judaism was like important. Then Hillel opened up their building, and it was like this new, beautiful two-floor building. And I went once freshman year before this building was done. I walked across campus in the rain at like seven o'clock for Shabbat, right? And there was no one there. Like they had already finished up everything. Okay. And I was. So mad. I walked all the way back across campus. And it was a big campus. I don't know, 30 minute walk. It's not that yeah. bad. Um, in the rain. And I said, I'm done. I'm done. I don't need Judaism. Like, I, you know, I'd like, I just, I'll just do it on my own. But then they opened up this new building. I met the director. I got really involved. And then I started to lead the services because I knew how to lead the services and got involved more and more. Eventually, by second semester, I was running the Shabbat program. That's amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing story. Right. That's a Chabad. No, it's Hillel, Hillel, Hillel. And then Hillel. I would go to the Chabad afterwards to oh, join their parties. Okay. So I would do both. I would double dip. So you're running Hillel in the morning. Hillel in the Shabbat, Shabbat Friday morning. night, and then Friday night, later Friday night, I'd go to Chabad. Okay. And then I'd go to the barbecue on Tuesday at Chabad. I would go to the Hillel uh, Bagels event on Wednesday night. Okay. And then I became the, the Shabbat chair of, the, the I was the chair of Shabbat experience. Okay. And that was great for hospitality, which I studied. It so was you were like, considered a super Jew. So, yeah, and this is before I even really, like, was in. <laughs> this, is, this is just because I knew how to do it. If yeah. you know A, teach A. Yeah, and, and I know that. I believe that. Yeah. If you know Olive, so, but teach Olive. But in your, in your social circle at, at this college, you're around all secular Jews, but you're, like, the super Jew. I was the super Jew in right. that regard. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I was definitely... But you were not in the observant I, world I was yet. the conservative Jew, and everyone else was reformed, so that made me the super Jew. Well... Let's not put labels on everybody. Some people, people, I, I even did this myself when I was younger. Right. I call me, I'm a reformed Jew. It just means I didn't know what I was doing. So <laughs> that, that's really, that, that's what right. I, that's why I call myself that because that means I don't know what I'm doing. Right. We, we had some proud reformed Jews who like, right. they, they had their cancer right. and they were very proud of, right. of it. And, and there's some great things, let's be yeah. honest. That yeah. they, that no, they no, I'm saying, the wrong, I'm, I'm saying that that's what, someone like me would call myself that because yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Yeah. Thankfully, I was Jew Barrist. I, I did Jew Barrist. You were Jewish. Jew yeah. Barrist. Yeah. Um, stay tuned for that episode. It's <laughs> yeah. to come out. Yeah. Um, so my, so I got involved with this thing called Sinai Scholars where they pay you $300 to take a class about the, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. That was through Chabad. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. Right. Of course. So I pay you $300 for a little essay at the end and, you go every week, and it was honestly not the greatest class. Right. I didn't love it. Right. But that summer, my rabbi said, hey, do you want to go to Chicago? Because you did the Sinai Scholars, you get to go to Chicago for this national Jewish retreat. That was, that was a Chabad. You know. This is a Chabad event with 250 college students, yeah. 1,000 adults. Right. Like, you know, because college students, yeah, still still growing up. Right. And um, how, old you, how, old you, how old were you at this time? At this time, I was probably ni- uh, 20. I 20, was probably okay. 20. It okay. was 2003. 
14 okay. in the summer. All right. Yeah. So this is like a big year. I was about to be a saw. I was about to be a junior in okay. college. I was about to be a junior, and my my new position at Hilla was going to be the chair of Jewish student life. Okay. So I moved up now. It's like okay. a vice president position. Um. So I went to this retreat, and for some reason, something motivated me to wear a kippa and tzitzit. So that's like these beautiful uh, cosmic dental floss, as right. as Rabbi Yom Tov Glazer says. Um that hang down from the sides. So I decided to wear these and to see what's it going to be like in Chicago if I do if I walk around as a Jew. Right. And I experienced no anti-Semitism. Yeah. There was one rally that was going on there that was pro-ISIS. Because it's right at the beginning of ISIS. That's interesting. They didn't like us. Right. But we don't like them. That was <laughs> ridiculous. So question. So you went to this conference, Chabad. Right. And and you're going and the, no one told you to wear tzitzit or keep eyes. No, no. How do you even know what tzitzit was? So I got them for free from a from Jeff Seidel here in the old city on a birthright. birthright. Oh, okay. We got okay. over there. They gave me a sidor and they gave me like these pairs of tzitzit. Okay. And uh, I was like, okay, this is a time to wear it. Yeah. I even had my own pair of tefillin that I right. wore for Rosh Hashanah every year. Rosh Hashanah. Uh, well, from the gap between. Oh, the Rosh. Rosh, Rosh no, sorry, from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. Kippur okay. Not on Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's when I got that at my bar mitzvah. I'm like, oh, this is cool. My other grandparents gave me money. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like the most valuable possession I own. Right. I'm going to fill it for my grandparents. Yeah. So, so you're going at 20 years old to this conference. You're wearing a seat and keep us. So, tell me what happened. So I show up there and. Immediately, it was during the rockets from Gaza, and yeah. I think it was the first rockets from Gaza. 2014, um, yeah. Yeah, I guess that was the first time we ever heard of the Iron Dome. Right. Lots of anti-Semitism everywhere I went. Yeah. And it was very hard to understand and to see the side, and to even hear the side of the Jews, because it, of Israel, there was not that side being presented anywhere. It's only gotten worse since then. But they brought in a speaker who kind of clarified it all, and they showed us how... They just showed us what's going on. We talked yeah. about it. And for me, that was very, very important. Um, you know, it was not even like the Jewish side. It's just the Israel side. But as a college leader on campus, I had to know it. Yeah, was this the moment? This, this wasn't the moment. We're getting right. to it. We're, okay. it, was, it was here. Okay. So this built to it. Then later on, they say, like, here's what Judaism really is. It's about there's a reason behind everything. So it's not because it says so religion, but there's a reason behind everything. I have a question. Was Y.Y. Jacobson speaking at this event? He was there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's he great. was amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. He spoke for 45 minutes yeah. at dinner. We were all just captivated the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard we thought he say. sounded a little bit like Pumbaa. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just so captivating to yeah. listen to and energizing. So it was him, but then he was just one of the incredible speakers yes, they I'm had. Yes, I'm sure. They have amazing. 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 My rabbi was there with the kids. And, yeah. and so it was just... I, and I didn't know anybody, but right. I made friends that I'm still friends with today. And, and, anyone else come from your school? Uh, there were four other people from the school, but I, I didn't hang out with them so okay. much. Um, a little bit. Right. But it was more about the people I met. Right. I made a lot of friends from Arcan uh, from Kansas, yeah, actually. Yeah, so funny. Yeah. You know, like, we're everywhere. Right. And it was amazing to build those connections. So everyone's kind of in the same boat, growing and interested. Like, now we're really interested. This is kind of fun. And Judaism yeah. kind of is relevant. And there's something to it. And... So the, here's, here's the moment that changed my life, though. That whole event built up to this ultimate moment. We have Shabbat. It's beautiful. Yeah. We have this Havdalah where the whole Palmer House Hilton lobby, I don't know if you know this hotel, no. magnificent hotel. Yeah. It was like the roof is painted by the guy who repainted Michelangelo uh, in the Sistine Chapel. Okay. So it's like that kind of art, that yeah. fancy hotel. There's this magical place called the Tea Room. And the tea room just has constant food all the time. And so we're like, okay, let's go to the let's go to the tea room. It's Saturday night. Everyone else is going out, but we're super inspired. Right. We should do something like a for bring it. Yeah. So we for bring it on. Yeah. 
So for bringing is like a spiritual gathering. That's yeah. the fancy way to say singing. It. Lots of singing, right? Lots of singing yeah. and storytelling. Yeah. So we we go and me and one of my friends from Kansas, who I'm still really good friends with, this is uh, Ethan King, decided to have a for bring it. Okay. And we are like, let's see if we can find people. We found like four people, and he's like, I'm so thirsty. I'm gonna go find water. So he brings back like a Voss water bottle, which is what we've been drinking out um, out of the whole the whole trip. Oh, so Voss. Voss, Voss yeah. Is fancy water. Yeah, like, yeah. like Fiji, but yeah. it's, it's Voss. So. He's like, oh, okay, I'm so tired now. We finally found water. Let's get started. It takes a big swig of it and makes a face like he had just smelled vinegar. It was vodka. It was vodka. Yeah. Hidden in a Voss water bottle. And then we knew this is not, this is, now it's a Fabringen. <laughs> now we're playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> that Fabringen changed my life. Yeah. Not because of the Voss. It was just part of the moment. A rabbi soon showed up. I think it was the rabbi, um, Teichtel. I think he's from Arizona State. Okay. I believe. And he took over and he asked us the question, tell us a time in your life when you chose the hard road, when the easy road was so appealing to you. Yeah. And we have a podcast that we came out with very recently, yeah. um, the, long, the, the long short way and the short long way. Basically, he asked us that story. Right. So everyone's going around the room telling the stories and there's one girl who chose to keep kosher or to quit her kosher job because the kosher place wasn't actually kosher. Okay. And it went against her values and they threatened her and she left the job. Um, and my story was that I decided to wear seat seat and keep, keep on. Sure. Right. So processing it brought it all together and hearing everybody's stories just showed like, I'm not alone. I'm not weird. This is some, holding yourself to these higher values is an amazing way to live. Yeah. So I'm super inspired by the whole conference. We went until 2 a.m. Yeah. I made it till 2 a.m. They went till 7 a.m. Okay. This for bringing just continued. And from that moment on, I decided my whole view on Judaism and on myself and my reason, my purpose had completely shifted. Sure. So it's hard. Like, it's not like one moment that was now it's real, but it was that night. There was a shift. There was a shift. That, it was that, that, was that the night time that you shifted. And my entire trajectory of my life changed. Yeah. And I started instituting Devar Torahs at our Shabbat tables. Sure. Um, like just meaningful events. Then people weren't coming to schools, to services. So we did like an alternative minion. It was Friday night lights because we were Friday. We were the nights. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty clever. So we did like learning classes. And there was just so much we were able to do at the Hillel and yeah. grow the Hillel from 10 students to 130 every That's Shabbat. That's amazing. Yeah. It was amazing to be part of that. I grew so much and everyone came with me along for the ride. Now, I was talking to someone from Denver. They said that you started a thing called The Den. Yeah, that's in right. Denver. Tell me about that. Okay, so we'll fast forward a bunch. Okay. I went on the Akiva trip that, that summer. That, can, can, that cemented the Jewish understanding. Right. That Judaism's that's a relationship, not... Yeah. yeah. Judaism's a relationship, not a religion. Right. And that is a big, very important deal. From yeah. that point on, I started keeping Shabbat by not using my phone. Right. So I went to Universal Studios every, Friday, every Saturday. <laughs> but my friends were doing the communication yeah, and I yeah, was yeah. not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Which, well, it's a little bit of the time. You it's don't, a journey. It's all or nothing. And for me, it was it's a journey. journey yeah. Right. It's not all or nothing. Um, came back, studied abroad in Austria uh, after I did a month here at Aish. I studied abroad in Austria, and that's where I continued to grow and keep Shabbat by not using my phone. My two closest friends were Turkish Muslim girls. They're so funny. And they're still very, I'm still very close with them. They're incredible people. And I had much more in common with them than I did with the Christians. Yeah. Um, it just, just the ideas and understanding of life, it was very interesting to yeah. learn from them. Then after that, I was looking for a job, and I couldn't find one, so I went to the job fair in UCF. I studied hospitality again, so my, I got one job offer for Vail, Colorado. I'm like, oh, okay. I just lived in Austria. Maybe I can learn how to ski now. That sounds great. And my rabbi said, I was Simcha Torah. He said, go. You have to go to Vail. I was roommates with the rabbi from Vail and, Ka- and Yeshiva. Rabbi Mintz. It's Rabbi Mintz. Yeah. So, David, David Mintz? David Mintz. Yeah. 
So I decided to go. Okay, great. That sounds amazing. Let me go and check out Vail. Three months in Vail would be great. Three yeah. or four months. And then I'll go back and I'll get a real job. And it was always Maryland or Florida. I'll get like work for Marriott or you know, something sure. very serious, corporate. Headquartered where your hometown Headquartered is. Headquartered like 10 minutes from my house. It yeah. would have actually been convenient, yeah. but it would have been so lame compared yeah, to what I, I ended up doing. <laughs> and I was living a minute walk from Golden Peak, which is the best lift in Vail. Takes you right to the best part of the mountain. Any lift in Vail is Any the best lift in Vail. <laughs> but when you're there, you become a little bit of a snob yes. and you start to like, ah. Um, <laughs> the first Shabbat, I went to the Minces, but there was a free concert by Michael Franti, who I loved. Never. He's a reggae guy. I was a big fan. Where was the concert? In the middle of Vail Village. Okay. I chose to go to the rabbis instead. Okay. And as soon as I opened the door, the little kid, get, like, the three-year-old gives me the biggest hug ever. And then all the kids start playing with me. The rabbi pours me a l'chaim. And immediately I made the right decision not to go to the Michael Franci concert. Right. You know, I remember when I went to Vail, I met Rabbi Mintz. He's like three or four miles away. He lives three or four miles away. We would walk to shul every single week, an hour each way. But this is Vail, Colorado. This is Vail. It's like at 9,000 feet with zero degree temperature. And he's walking with his three-year-old son. That's crazy. Yeah. And it would be really cold sometimes. We yeah. would be slipping in the ice, catching yeah. each other. Oh, there was yeah. one night where we really caught each other. Right. Um, and that they started letting me stay at their house and that's where I started keeping Shabbat. No with way. that as like my Shabbat experience. There were these, th- there were a couple of Israelis who, who did the, the skincare stuff. They're still like, I'm very close with them. And they, they hosted lunch and they served Jachnun, mm-hmm. which is a very Israeli, it's a Yemenite dish. So for me, this whole experience, which is very Israeli, is a veil thing. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, this is how I grew. Yeah. Then finally, I left my job, my first job, and got a second job. I stayed with the Minces for a while. So I ended up staying in Vail for two years instead of the oh, three wow. months. I lived you, in Vail for two there, years. You didn't live in the Minces, did you? No, only for two weeks. Oh, you did? Two okay. weeks, yeah. I left my job, and I was living in the hotel, so I had to move, live with the Minces. And it was amazing. Got to play with the kids a bunch and really get to see what an Orthodox lifestyle looks like. Okay. At that time, did he have his new Chabad house? They did. They had it right the when I moved there. Store, Immediately when I moved there. Okay. On top of the grocery yeah. store in the middle of Lionside Village, yeah, yeah. Right, right there. Yeah. Um, the summers are better than the winters. Vail was amazing. And that's where like, I grew Jewishly. That's, that was my place that I got to grow at my own pace. And there was no influence. It's just me, the rabbi, and these Israelis. Right. And that's, that was my Jewish life. Yeah, this is why the that God gave the Jewish people the Torah in, in, in the desert. Right. Because there's nothing else to influence them and they can focus it. That's what focus. happened. That's totally what happened. Yeah. I had great roommates who supported it and they knew to turn the lights on and off for me. Yeah. Where was, was your house in Vail? In, in I lived Lansing? in the hotel I worked at. I was in Vail Village in the Sebastian. Hotel? I lived in the Sebastian. Yeah. Right in Vail Village. I was uh, as close as I live right now to the, the Western Wall. Yeah. Uh, I was that close to the, the yeah. ski slope. I would ski every morning, work at three, party afterwards at like 11. That's amazing. So every day. Yeah. Like 70 days my first year. Did your job include a ski pass or you had to buy a separate I day? did buy a ski pass. Okay. The amount we skied, it was completely worth it, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Oh, no, of course. Yeah. I know Vail like the back of my hand. Yeah. But it's so big, there's always more to discover. Yeah. Finally, um, it was time to like move on. Okay, there's no Jewish community. As much as I can grow on my own, yeah. It says, be a tail to lions, not a head to foxes. So it was time to move on. So Denver was the obvious community. Maryland or Florida, Maryland or Florida. And then like, oh, Denver. And my friends moved there to start, they, they had this idea to start a house for young Jewish professionals in the community. Because we wanted friends. It's the second fastest growing Jewish community in the, world, in the country. The second fastest growing city in the country. But the Jewish community was stagnant. And we thought that if we live there, we would want to get friends involved and we can make that happen. So we had the idea to start the den. 
and I decided that was more valuable than moving to back to Maryland. There's something called the Moishi House. Moishi House. This is not a Moishi House. It's a similar concept to the Moishi House, which hosts events for yeah. young Jewish professionals. Um, but we wanted to go for the highest common denominator, right. people who are kosher, Shomer Shabbat, so that they can feel just as comfortable in our home as people who don't do anything. So right. it's, it's not about religion or not religious. It's just a place where more, everyone can go. More encompassing to more people can come. Exactly. And it was very spiritual. We, yeah. always, we made sure all of our events had Jewish Judaism involved. Yeah. And I was, so I was living in the Jewish community in Denver, yeah. skiing every Sunday. It's not every day, but at least I got the one day yeah. a week. And um, while I was there, I was... That's I mean, that's where I really got to grow. When you lived in Denver, where did you work? I worked remotely um, for a travel agent in Vail, uh, Snow Sports Vacation. It was mm-hmm. a great company. Right. I really enjoyed working there. We got to plan a huge retreat uh, for Shavuot that okay. year, which was awesome. And then I was also working, so that was part-time, and then my other part-time was working for Rob Schwartz for the Bagan documentary. Oh, wow. Which just became released, and it's an amazing documentary. Um, I was working for him. He's the executive producer. And I learned so much about fundraising. It was an amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool to see what goes so into it. So that's Denver's. How did, you, how did you end up here at Ishitora? Right. So that was Denver, ran the den, grew a bunch. And then finally, after two years, uh, there was a Chesed trip, a yeah. trip that came to Ishitora. And I've been on, in the, in the meantime of all this happening, I was on 10 different organized trips to Israel. Okay. <laughs> and each time I'm like looking at Asia, like I know I'm supposed to be learning because that's where, I, that's where you build a foundation. But I don't want to. I'm going to show them that I can do this on my own. Yeah. So I came back on the Chesed trip. We're based in Who are you showing that to? Who are you showing? Yeah, yeah. Who am I showing? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Who are showing? Yeah, God. Yeah. I can do my own. Watch me. <laughs> so I came back and it was an amazing trip. Uh, just community service focused, oriented trip. Yeah. And I got to learn with Rabbi Willig every day, who's my rabbi here. He's just my guide. He's, he's my guy. And he reminded me that it's great that I know this stuff, but I should come back for six months and really cementify it. Right. Solidify it. So I'm like, okay, well, let me extend for a month. So I extended to make it a month. That led me up to Purim of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, which, if, for, if you, if you remember, that was the exact beginning of Corona. Immediately yeah. after Corona, that Saturday night, I was at the Cowlins for Shabbat dinner. And then that night, they closed the airports. Yeah. And I got out the next day. Yeah. It was my plan to leave anyway, but... It was crazy. Yeah. Went back to Denver and then Maryland and then Florida and back and forth a little bit while I was waiting to come back here. I was yeah. writing a book in that meantime. Um, but really, Jewishly, I grew a lot just ready to come back here for three months. And that three months has now become a year. Yeah. And that year is going to become two years because of what I'm learning here. It's yeah. just, I have a lot of big plans for my future. Sure. I have a lot of ideas of what the world needs. And this is my launch pad. This yeah. is just wrapping it all and this up. this is just one piece of it, the, the podcast. Yeah. The podcast is just a piece of it. I'm, yeah. I'm doing so much. Yeah. I'm running the leadership programming over at Ace here. Yeah. And, and it, what, what they teach you is that everything is possible. Yeah. And the more I get that idea understood and that I own that idea, <laughs> keep hitting the microphone with my nose, uh, the, more, <laughs> the more I own that idea, the more I know that the higher that I'm going to launch and the farther we'll fly. Yeah. So there's just so much that I see the world needs, especially from a hospitality perspective, which is a Do you know the reason why we've got big noses? Why? It's to keep them in the five books of Moses. Oh, that's, that's really good. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing story, Brandon. Thank wow. You. The moment. The moment, the Chicago, Fabrangan. the Fabrangan, <laughs> where you're st- cemented about who you are and what you're supposed to be in life and how great you can become in life. It's amazing yeah. that, that, that you have this one moment, just like we talked in previous, previous podcasts, how when I became a coin dealer, this one moment in time that transformed me from right. like, this is what I'm going to do in life and I'm going to take the chance and I'm going to, you know, like I said, you can be comfortably mediocre yeah. or uncomfortably great. 
Right. And you took the uncomfortable road, which not not everyone's going to take. No, the long, short road is hard. It takes a lot of time. But the reward is completely, is real. The reward is real. It's solidified. And I'm still growing. I'm still on this journey. And I know that there will be. But you know, you're having having impact in the lives of, I see it myself, dozens and dozens and dozens of students that are here. Thank you. And you don't have no idea what the podcast is going to do. The fact that we're together on this podcast who's watching what they're learning and learning from you and how it's going to grow. Yeah. Yep. I, thank you so much for being viewers. It means, it really means so much to us. Yeah. Thank um, you so much for watching. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm just doing my part. I'm playing my role in the bigger picture. Yeah. And my goal is to get everybody to join this bigger picture yeah. and shape the world in the way that we know that it, sh- it can be because it's our job to change the world, not let the world change us. That's right. That's my story. That's pretty much it. That's the for bringing that changed my life. Thank you so much for watching. If you're interested, please message me, reach out. I'm happy to talk so much more about it all. um, If you find it inspired, inspiring. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Thanks for watching the Fishing Coach Show. If you like what you just watched, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment with any ideas you'd like to see on any future episodes. We'll see you next time.